The Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. When evening had come, Jesus said to the disciples, Let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd behind, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. Other boats were with him. A great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that the boat was already being swamped. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. They woke him up and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? He woke up and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. Then the wind ceased and there was a dead calm. He said to them, Why are you afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great awe and said to one another, Who then is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Good morning again. Uh, I just to mention also that every year we do a mission project for our day camp. And um, as you'll see in the back of the bulletin, we are still accepting any school supplies for the Lutheran World Release Toolkit. So if any time during this week you can bring in those supplies, that would be awesome. And I want to invite our Mount Cross Day Camp staff to come on up. They're going to introduce themselves, sing a song for us. Um, But before they do that, I just want to offer a prayer. And we have a bunch of volunteers that are going to be with us this week also that are high schoolers from our youth group and parents who are coming in to make lunch and do snacks. and then, of course, all of the children that are coming. Um, so I just want to offer a prayer for everyone involved in day camp this week. So please pray with me. God, we thank you so much for this opportunity to serve you, uh, to delight in song and dance and games and learning this week, that every child and every volunteer and every staff involved this week would be um, touched by your love and that they would um, seek to grow and to learn and to serve you more. We ask that you watch out for them and keep them safe. In your son's name we pray. Amen. And uh, here they go. Hi, everybody. Uh, my name is Kyle. I'm originally from Santa Cruz, so not too far away from Mount Cross. You um, might have met my dad before. He's the pastor at St. Stephen's. believe in there. But um, I'm happy to be here. Uh, it's my first time at Mount Cross. And I just finished my freshman year studying biology at Cal Poly. Hello, my name is Alex. I'm from San Jose, so not too far as well. Uh, I'm excited to be here for the week. Um, It's my first year as a camp counselor, and I go to University of the Pacific studying music education. Hi, everyone. I'm Melina. Um, This is my second summer at Mount Cross. I am from Castro Valley, California, and um, I'm finishing, I'm going to be a junior at Cal Lutheran in Thousand Oaks. Um, I'm a youth and family ministry major with a minor in psychology. Hello, my name is Liz Kelly. This is my first summer at Mount Cross. Um, I'm originally from Palmer, Alaska, which is um, north of Anchorage, about 45 minutes right by Wasilla. And um, I go to school at Concordia University in Seward, Nebraska. And um, I'm day camp leader this week, so I'm really excited to be here. And I think now we're going to lead a song. Is that correct, Pastor? (laughs) (laughs) 
So the song that we're going to do for you is Be Bold, and we'll teach it to you as well. Uh, it's one of our songs that we'll sing throughout the week. So if you could please stand with me, if you are able. We'll go through the hand motions a few times, and then we'll sing it. So the beginning is a call and response. So it goes, be bold. Be bold. And then, be strong. Be strong. For the Lord thy God is with thee. For the Lord thy God is with thee. And then it repeats again. So be bold. Be bold. Be strong. Be strong. For the Lord thy God is with thee. Be not afraid. Na 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 na. Be not afraid. Na 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 Be not dismayed. Na 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 na. Be not dismayed. Na 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 Walking in faith and victory. Come on. Walking in faith and victory. Come on. Walking in faith and victory. Walking in faith and victory. For the Lord thy God is with thee. For the Lord. So that's the song. Be bold, be strong, for the Lord thy God is with thee. Be bold, be strong, for the Lord thy God is with thee. Be not afraid, na-na-na-na-na. For the Lord thy God is with thee. Be bold, be strong. For the Lord thy God is with thee. Be not afraid, na 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 na. Be not dismayed, na 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 na. Walking in faith and victory. Come on, walking in faith and victory. For the Lord thy piece of Mount Cross trivia is that the two guys in the group will be uh, sleeping in Will and Joe Bassler's beds while they are <laughs> off at Mount Cross and on day camp in uh, San Mateo, I want to say San this way, San Mateo, St. Andrews. So um, day camp program, who the coordinator is, oh, Quanbeck, what's, what's her first name? Laura, Lois Hall's daughter. So. It's all in the family here, so <laughs> at any rate, the Lord be with you. Let us pray. Good and gracious God, we give you thanks for your presence in our lives on days that are sunny and days that are stormy. We ask that you would remind us to turn towards you for support. Amen. So... The semi-continuous readings that we have, often, particularly this year, will bring us a lot of stories that you maybe don't remember hearing read in worship, but you perhaps remember from Sunday school. 
And today's is a classic example of that, David and Goliath. There are a lot of details of the story that we forget. We kind of have this image of this kid running and grabbing some stones that are smooth, and we have the slain part. We kind of have that sorted out. But I think that there are some pieces to this story that really tie to the gospel text, which usually does not happen when we read this alternate set of first readings. David shows up to visit his brother, and there's this battle forming up. And every morning, the two armies get up, they make a line, they make angry faces at one another, they're shaking their weapons to see who's the toughest, but there's this big shaming moment that's been happening every morning when Goliath comes out. Now, the very name, Goliath, he's huge, right? In the most ancient of texts, he's about six and a half feet tall, but in the current text, he's nine and a half feet tall. Not unlike that last fish you caught, perhaps, that gets bigger with each telling. And he's got like 250 pounds of armor on, and he comes out from the line, and he starts rabble-rousing his troops, and he's in the face of the Hebrew army telling them that here's the deal. You send out your best guy. If I beat him, you guys are done, or vice versa. Nobody's come out. (laughs) They're saying, this doesn't look good. There's some interesting parts to the story, though. Even as long as it was today, we still skipped some verses in the text. And one of the things that I think is very important is that the, the Israelite army is convinced that this looks bad for Israel. That this is bad against the army, against the king. But David shows up and he changes the context of this. He says, this is an affront against God. This isn't an affront against me or the army or our political system or our way of life. He puts it squarely as something against God. Now, I always wondered as a kid when Saul said, sure, kid, go out, take him on, that maybe Saul thought, you know, what have we got to lose? (laughs) Who knows what could happen? Or that Saul was tired of this kid coming every five minutes and asking, This will get him out of our hair kind of permanently or what. It just didn't make sense that they would send David out without a serious thought that he might actually accomplish something. But notice what happens in the text. Saul puts his own armor on David. Saul gives him his own sword. If Saul didn't have some sense that this might work, I think he would have sent some other guy's sword with him. (laughs) Don't lose my sword out there. But there's another interesting piece to this. We can picture this this young man, this older boy, wearing all this armor that just doesn't fit. I remember this last season in softball, our youngest daughter, who's fairly short for her age, was it was her turn to play catcher. It's a lot of equipment to be a catcher that is not really designed for that height. And as a shepherd, David had a slang and he was prepared to use that against deadly animals. This wasn't just a boy's toy. It was something to scare off lions and other animals. 
This was not some plaything. This was a serious weapon. But he was not going to deal with Goliath the way that Saul thought he was. How often do we run into that in this life? Somebody else has this fantastic idea about how we ought to meet X, Y, or Z challenge in our lives. Here's what you need. Just a little advice for you. And notice how it's all in our hands then. We can picture David just kind of overwhelmed with all of this metal. How am I going to hold this sword? How am I? How am I? I think that's where the text starts to change. David's sense that I'm not doing anything here. The affront has been against God, and God is going to do something. But that's not usually the way that we approach life. Sometimes we have these hard things coming at us, and they may not be named Goliath, but they may be large in our windshield as we try and deal with this life and move through it. But I think the difficulty comes when we try to fix it, to solve it, to conquer it with our own hands. Because we often find that what our hands lay on in this life to make our own aren't meant for our hands. And at the end of the day, try as hard as we can We can't, with our own strength, make everything go away. The Gospel text has a similar story. We hear about the storm, and we can picture them crossing the Sea of Galilee, and Jesus is out like a light. I haven't spent a lot of time on boats, but if there is a bad storm, that fishermen who are handling the boat, who have been on that sea since they were small boys, are scared silly. I don't know how you sleep through that. We know Jesus was a carpenter, probably somebody with nowhere near as much experience being on the water as Peter and some of the others, getting tossed about. Some similar things. Maybe we could call the Sea of Galilee today Goliath. Maybe we can talk about the world around us that sometimes rises up against us or it feels like it does. We can watch the news and hear about storms. But it doesn't have to be the news. And it doesn't have to be a storm that we can see in the sky. There are all kinds of storms that come up in life. And there are times when we can feel helpless against them. When we feel like we're being blown about pushed down, soaked to our skin. When life puts us in a spot where it feels like the storm is raging around us, it can feel hopeless. Do you notice what the disciples say? They don't wake up Jesus and say, you know, it's getting pretty bad. Is there something you can do? They know it's hopeless. (laughs) They know it is lost and they are done. They show up and wake up Jesus and say, don't you care? This is the end. Don't you care that we're taking on water and this is it? You're just going to sleep through all this. Jesus gets up and 
We lose some in the Greek, but the sense of, you want calm? I'll give you calm. (laughs) Peace, be still. It's the same word there as he rebukes the wind, as he rebukes Peter later, or he often rebukes the evil spirits out of those who have been possessed. Be still. And there was a dead calm. Now the boat's not going anywhere. (laughs) There they are in the middle of the lake, and it's awfully quiet. You wanted calm? I'll give you calm. It's interesting, the disciples' response then. It says that they were filled with awe, which is not actually what the text says. It says they were filled with terror. They were filled with terror after Jesus had stilled the storm because they realized how awesome the power was that he had. It's at that point that they start to ask themselves, who is this? This guy that they have been with, ministering with, feeding those who are hungry. They've seen him healing. They've heard his teaching. They know he's a rabbi. They know what's going on. But suddenly, even creation obeys. It's interesting that we go from Goliath, kind of this outside person who's threatening us, to the idea of creation itself. In the Bible, water is always seen as that force that works against God's creative and ordering power in the world. And in this story, it's no different. But I think that again resonates with our lives. Those times when it feels like we're holding things together and things are kind of in place. And those times when it feels like everything's starting to unravel at the edges the sand flowing through our fingers, when life is not going the way we want to try and make it, and we realize that that armor that we tried to put on ourselves is just unwieldy. It's in that moment that we turn to Christ inside of us and ask for that strength and hope to bring us through that next storm. It's interesting to me that historically in the life of the church, the sanctuary itself has often been referred to as a ship. In fact, in Scandinavian churches, even in this country, it's not unusual to see a small ship actually hung in the space as a reminder of the waters that have been traveled over. But a reminder that we still travel. And in the midst of the storms of this life, We are encouraged to be reminded that we do not shape things with our own hands. And that the forces in this world towards chaos and brokenness are beyond our two hands to make right. And so the stories today, both of David and the disciples, remind us to turn towards Christ for hope, for security, for peace. Amen.